The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Setting the Record Straight, where various Christian Reconstructionist pastors seek to understand and dissect the issues that are plaguing the church today, from the pulpit to the pew. Psalm 64, we'll read the first six verses. Please hear the voice of God. Hear my voice, O God, in my complaint. Preserve my life from dread of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of evildoers, from the tumult of those who do iniquity, who have sharpened their tongue like a sword. They aimed bitter speech as their arrow to shoot from concealment at the blameless. Suddenly they shoot at him and do not fear. They hold fast to themselves an evil purpose. They talk of laying snares secretly. They say, who can see them? They devise injustices saying, we are ready with a well-conceived plot for the inward thought and the heart of man are deep. It was just last Sunday, right, when we woke up to the news about what had happened in Las Vegas and the shooting that had taken place there. I don't know if you hang out in the same place as I do and you hear the same voices and all of that, but since that time, without summarizing it, without going into it in great detail, since that time, I'll just tell you that as far as I'm concerned, I think there's a lot that's fishy with that official story in Las Vegas. I'm not willing to say who I think is being fishy or who's really to blame. I just think there's so much stuff that it's worth taking a step back and and saying, is it really what happened the way they said that it happened, the way that we're hearing it happened? Is that true? And then I've got other friends who say that because I'm willing to take that stand back and say, I don't know yet, there's a lot of questions to be answered. I've got other friends that are saying, oh, you're a wacko, you're a conspiracy theorist. I want to talk to you today about what it means to be a conspiracy theorist. I want to talk about the topic of conspiracy theorism. (laughs) which is a term I just coined. So anytime you write it down, you have to put a little TM next to it and pay me a quarter. Conspiracy theorism. How is this similar or different from uh, a biblical understanding of how to judge what's going on in the world around us? Uh, An admission first. I have been called a conspiracy theorist by a whole bunch of people, and uh, and I'll own that label a little bit. There are some conspiracies that I buy into. I believe, I'll just put my cards on the table, I believe that 9-11 was an inside job. I don't believe that what happened is at all what we've been told. There were three buildings that fell and only two planes anyway, even if you believe in the in the planes. Three buildings fell at the World Trade Center, and only two were hit by planes. Something's weird there. I don't believe a plane hit the Pentagon. I believe that was a cruise missile. I think the evidence is pretty clear there. I don't believe a plane went down in that field in Pennsylvania either. And uh, now, where did all those planes go? I believe they were disappeared by the government. 
I believe all the people on those planes were disappeared by our government. All right, does that make me crazy? Well, maybe. Maybe. Maybe it does. But I'll tell you, there are other conspiracy theories that I don't buy into. I'm not on board with the idea that the government's in charge of the weather or something like that, or that the government uses the weather as a weapon or, or anything like that. I'm about 50-50 on the conspiracy theory that says that the Sandy Hook massacre never happened. I've read some things and I've looked into that. And even If it did happen, let me tell you, if it did happen, there's other stuff happening that makes it look super weird, like crisis actors and stuff like that. I don't know. There are some conspiracy theories I don't buy into. Some I'm kind of partway on board with. And some like the 9-11 thing, I'm, I'm fully there. Okay? So cards on the table. That's where I am. Let's define some things a little bit. What is a conspiracy? Any ideas? If you had to answer it, what would you say? A plot? Yeah, the dictionary definition is really two or more people getting together to either plan or plan and execute a plot that is illegal or evil. So two or more people getting together to plan to do bad things. That's a conspiracy. Your King James Bible will list about a dozen occurrences of the word conspiracy. And aside from those conspiracy mentions... If you're not reading the King James or you're somewhere else, the Bible actually shows many conspiracies taking place. I believe, for instance, that what we just read out of Psalm 64, look at that again, verse 2, uh, David's pleading to be hidden from the secret counsel of evildoers. In verse 4, these are evildoers who shoot from concealment at the blameless in verse 5, they talk of laying snares secretly. They say, who can see them? In verse 6, they devise injustices, and they say they are ready with a well-conceived plot. So what's David praying for? Lord, keep me from the conspiracy. Protect me from the conspiracy. I believe Psalm, the second Psalm, Psalm 2, I believe, is a conspiracy theory. It's been written by David in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It proved to be a true thing. But when David wrote it, what did he write? It was a conspiracy theory. How does it start? Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed saying, let us cast their cords from us and break their chains asunder. And that conspiracy goes on to be answered by God. What's God's response to the conspiracy? Do you remember? He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. He shall hold them in derision. One of the only times in the Bible you find God laughing. And why? Because the nations have formed a conspiracy. Now, we know what a conspiracy is. It's a secret plot. Two or more people plotting to do something evil. What's a conspiracy theory? (laughs) that there is a plot going on. You may not know every detail. You may not know everybody that's involved, but you have this theory that there is a conspiracy that's trying to do this or that. As my friend Bill Evans is fond of saying, I don't have to know 
who's really behind what's going on in order to be able to spot a fake story being told to me. So I don't have to know what the real answer is in order to know that what's being fed to me is irrational. So if that's a conspiracy theory, now let me ask you this. What is a conspiracy theorist? Well, that's a nut job. (laughs) Right? That's the way that word gets used. That's the way that term is thrown around. If you get called a conspiracy theorist, you're not being complimented. You're You're being insulted for believing this conspiracy theory that the person you're talking to doesn't believe. Practically speaking, I believe the definition of a conspiracy theorist is very uh, similar to the definition of a rich person. Right? Who's a rich person? It's somebody who has a dollar more than I do. And generally speaking, a conspiracy theorist, in that negative kind of insulting sense, a conspiracy theorist is somebody who believes one more conspiracy theory than I do. Right? Everybody believes some conspiracy theory, right? Unless you live in this kind of Mary Poppins world where nobody really does evil on purpose. If you live in the real world that God has created and that Satan has has uh, has permeated with sin and that men have destroyed through their fallenness, if you live in that real world, conspiracies are impossible to get away from. They are there, and everybody believes in some conspiracy or another. The the left-wing whack nuts, they believe there's a vast right-wing conspiracy trying to destroy things. And those, the alt-right Trump supporters, they believe in conspiracies trying to take down Trump. Everybody believes in a conspiracy, and some of them are right. So it's not a question of conspiracy or not. It's a question of which conspiracy and how do we know. And so it's important for us as Christians to kind of ask the question, the conspiracy theories that I buy into, have they crossed the line so that they become something that takes me away from the truth of the Bible? They take me away from the worship of God. And how would we know if we've crossed that line? That's what I want to talk to you about. I'm going to use the biblical five-point covenant model to ask some questions, and we will compare what I think is unrighteous or idolatrous conspiracy theorism with what the Bible teaches us about these things. The first point of the covenant is transcendence. Where the Bible, when it's making, when it's describing a covenant, it talks about the fact that we worship a God who is transcendent. He is the God who is above and beyond all things. He created all things. He redeems things. He, uh, he reveals truth. We wouldn't know what truth is apart from God, right? You understand that, right? If you don't, if you don't assume the God of the Bible and the truth of the scripture, you have no sure foundation for being certain about anything. The consensus smartest guy on the planet right now, Neil deGrasse Tyson, he's the guy all the science people love and all that. Consensus smartest man alive. He says the chances are 50-50 that we're all living in a computer simulation. And that everything we think is real is just a simulated reality. And he goes on to say 
that he doesn't believe there's any way that science could disprove the idea that we're living in a simulated reality, right? Because all the evidence would be part of the simulation, and so you can't disprove it. If you don't assume that God was telling the truth when he said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, you have no reason for believing that anything around you is true. Well, but I've been living here for a long time and it's always worked this way. How do you know you've been living here for a long time? Seriously. How do you know that when you woke up this morning, you didn't wake up with uh, experiences and memories and dreams and stuff like that that had been pumped into your brain? How do you know this isn't your first day around on the planet? How do you know that all your memories weren't just fed? You could be a brain in a vat somewhere, and they're just pumping memories and experiences into you. How would you know? And if you don't understand that God is the sovereign, and that he's the transcendent one, and that the Bible is the revelation of his truth, you don't have any way of knowing so what, is the, what does an idolatrous conspiracy theory say? There are conspiracy theorists who believe that there is a grand conspiracy where all the evil people are really hoping to take over everything in the world. And they are willing to believe that whatever major events happen have been caused by the conspiracy, the big conspiracy whether it's the Illuminati or the Bilderbergers or the Rockefellers or the Jesuits. I believe the Jesuits are bad. <laughs> okay, but it doesn't matter who's the actual face behind that. But if you believe that everything that really happens in human history is caused by the conspiracy, I believe you have drifted off into a different covenantal view of reality. Because the Bible says that God does whatever he pleases in heaven and on earth. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 says that he works all things according to the counsel of his own will. How many things does he work? All things. Psalm 115 verse 3. Psalm 135 verse 6. And old Grandpa Job, in Job 23, verse 13, they all get together in one voice and say that whatever God pleases, that's what he does in both the heavens and the earth. Look with me for a moment at Isaiah chapter 45. Look at verse 6, Isaiah 45, 6 that men may know from the rising to the setting of the sun that there is no one besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other, the one forming light and creating darkness, causing well-being and creating calamity. Your King James will have some creating evil right there. I am the Lord who does all these things. Now when calamity happens, when tragedy happens, what does the Bible tell us where that ultimately comes from? It comes from God. Amen? Now, when Job had all of his stuff destroyed, you could look at that and say, well, who took all Job's stuff? Who caused all that calamity? It was the devil. Amen? But the devil had to get permission from God. Right? 
So even if you're uncomfortable with the idea that God causes all these things to happen or, or determines them to happen, if that makes you uncomfortable and you would rather say God allows them to happen, understand what you're saying then. When God allows them to happen, it means he's letting the leash out a little bit. It's God who's in charge of the devil, not the other way around. A conspiracy theorist who has crossed the line will tend instead to believe that when evil things happen, it's because the conspiracy, the, the, the Jesuits, the Bilderbergers, the Rockefellers, the Freemasons. Now, the Freemasons really are bad. <laughs> right? It's the liberals, it's Antifa. Are you interested in Christian education? Would you like to learn how to be a Christian teacher or how to run your very own Christian school with success? The GCS Apprenticeship Program can help. Learn more on our website at gcsapprenticeship.com. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom. Okay, so what I'm saying to you is if you have a conspiracy theory that makes you look at the world and see behind every major event that happens the unseen hand of a group of nefarious ne'er-do-wells, you have departed from a biblical view of history. History, according to the scripture, is simply the outworking of the kingdom of God over time. That's what it is. The good things that happen and the things that we label as bad things from the beginning all the way through to the coming of Christ, the cross, the resurrection from the dead, the birth of the church, Pentecost, and the spread of the gospel from here until the second coming. All of history is about that progress of the kingdom of God. And if you have not read the Rush Dooney book that I've mentioned, uh, The Foundations of Social Order, he will make that plain. You can see how Western civilization especially has been shaped by the perfecting of Christian faith over time. So history is the move of the kingdom of God, not the movement of the grand conspiracy. So when a hurricane comes to Houston, is that some radical faction of the anti-Trumpers in the government who are trying to destroy people who voted for Trump in Houston. Hey, you can justify anything like that. I have a friend of mine 
who uh, who has totally bought into the idea that uh, the shooting at Sandy Hook was fake, and uh, and he's got his reasons. I'm not saying I don't call him a crackpot or anything like that, but his reasoning for believing that part of it is that he thinks that Sandy Hook was then being used to uh, give a give a push to the whole gun grabbing crowd and and all that. Well, then there did come a time. I don't know if you remember Sandy Hook happened. Then gun control began became a big deal, and the president Obama was really pushing for that. And and for a moment, it looked like that was gonna be a thing. The Republicans were gonna fold and cave like they always do, and and we were gonna have our guns taken away. But then it started to kind of tip the other way, and it started to look like maybe the whole gun grabbing thing was losing steam. Now. My conspiracy theory, the if I was one of the bad guys, if I was involved in the conspiracy, now's the time to have another shooting, right? If that's the one that got all the ball rolling and now it's kind of looking like maybe you're weakened, people are weakening and maybe maybe the NRA is going to succeed or something, now's the time to get you another shooting going. And then that thing just sails through Congress. But you know what? Nothing happened. And so I went to this friend and I said, so if Sandy Hook was all about gun control and gun control was teetering on the edge and it ultimately failed, why didn't they do another shooting? And his answer was, can you guess what his answer was? His answer was, because they know we're on to them. And so they couldn't do it because they know we're on to them now. And so you see how that works? You can explain the bad things that happen in history, and you can also explain the bad things that don't happen in history by appealing to the nefarious plotting of the hen, <laughs> whoever that might be. Who really controls history? It's God. Our, our forefathers knew this. They referred often, if you read books by the Puritans and stuff, they're always on about the unseen hand of providence how God is providentially guiding every situation to the end that he has determined. The second point of the covenant talks about hierarchy, and it, and it asks the question, who represents the transcendent power? In the biblical covenant, who is that? Who represents the transcendent power? Well, first and foremost, it's Jesus in the flesh who came to earth to show us what God is like. But then after that, who is it? It's the church who is supposed to reflect Jesus. But when you, when you go off the rails in an ungodly sort of conspiracy theory, you know what happens? If you're one of these guys that's, that really thinks the bad guys are plotting, who's the priesthood? Who's preaching what the conspiracy wants them to preach? The media, right? Generally speaking, the media and whoever appears there. It can be a government official. It can be the reporters and stuff like that. If you're off the rails on a conspiracy theory, you will tend to have this idea that whatever the media says or does, that's representative of what the conspiracy is trying to do. I'm not standing here telling you to trust the media. I think you're better off believing pretty much the opposite of what the media tells you. But the idea that all the disparate parts of the media are all part of one organization purposely delivering 
what the conspiracy wants them to deliver. I think that's stretching the way humanity works. These are all groups that are in competition with each other. Yeah, they're all coming from the same anti-God, anti-Christ standpoint, and that's why their messages are all the same. But to think that there's a plot or there's a hand that's controlling everything that comes to you. If you want to look at the media for somebody who's really working for the conspiracy, the place to look is the Christian channels, honestly. They're doing more damage than CNN or or something like that, for real. Who's going to preach the reality to you? It's going to be the scripture, right? That's what's representing God here on earth. The third thing, the third point of the covenant is ethics. And the Bible talks here, if you're going to obey God, you shall do these things. You shall not do these other things. If you've gone off the rails on a, with your conspiracy theory, the good that you can do is really narrowed down until it's all about exposing the conspiracy. If you have friends that have kind of gone conspiracy wacko, you know that all they're about is about exposing the conspiracy. And that's the best thing that we can hope to do is to uncover their lies and and make them public. What's the evil you can do? Refusing to believe their evidence when they bring it to you. (laughs) And so if if you're off the rails on a conspiracy theory, generally good and evil, ethical and unethical, moral and immoral, are funneled down until it's really all about you're either on the side of the conspiracy or you're on the side of exposing the conspiracy. And whatever you do that exposes it is good. Whatever you do that tends to agree with it or hide it is obviously evil. The fourth section of the covenant is sanctions, where we start talking about if, okay, biblically, if I do keep God's commandments, what can I expect to have happen to me? If I don't keep those commandments, what will I be rewarded with? That's how the biblical covenant works. But in the conspiracy theorist sort of covenant, or the the, uh, opposite of what the Bible is teaching, what happens then is, What's the conspiracy theorists think is the negative? If you're, if you're not going to expose the conspiracy, what are you going to wind up with? Well, the conspiracy is going to get everything that they want. And pretty, pretty soon the evil that they're doing secretly or plotting to do secretly, it'll be just out in the open. They'll come to you with guns and black boots and, and take members of your family and load them on the train cars and stuff. They'll do all this out in the open because you didn't do a good job when you had the chance of exposing the conspiracy theory. On the other hand, what's the positive sanction? If you do work at exposing it, what happens? Well, you'll hear conspiracy theorists talk about how they're woke. You know, they know the score. They're not sleeping. They're not sheeple. They're awake. They're not being led. They're not being fed. They think for themselves. Uh, Dr. Joel McDermott has likened this to what we are seeing in the book of Colossians, which is Gnostic belief. The Gnostics believed that they were going to be saved as they accumulated all of the right types of knowledge. And you'll find conspiracy theorists who are the same way. As long as I'm up to speed on all the conspiracies, that sets me free. 
right? And they'll tell you, doesn't the Bible even tell you? Didn't Jesus say the tr- you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free? Yeah, he did say that, but the truth he was talking about was his truth and the and the truth of the scripture. It's not if I know for a fact what the Rockefellers are up to, that's going to set me free. No, that's that's not how that works. The truth that will set the whole world free and frankly defeat every conspiracy is the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's it. Now the last section, and I think we see this, I've got, I've got friends, you know people here locally that have bought into this. The last section of the covenant is eschatology or secession. How's this covenant going to work out in the future? What does the Bible say? I've been telling you for a long time. The Bible predicts that this history, this outflowing of the kingdom of God is going to go and go and go and increase The Bible says of the increase of his kingdom and of peace, there will be no end until Christ returns. He's seated at the right hand of God until all of his enemies are made his footstool. And then Christ returns and the new heavens and the new earth and judgment day and resurrection and everybody's happy from that point on. At least the right guys, the right folks are happy. Right? Biblical eschatology. But if, you're bought, if you've really bought into the conspiracy and you've raised it to a point of being a false religion or an idolatry, generally you're going to find these conspiracy theorists are not happy people. They're not optimistic people. They, they see themselves involved in what is basically a lost cause. They're the lone voice crying in the wilderness and nobody's paying attention to them. And so the conspiracy is going to get what it wants until until it's taken control of everything. And so for the conspiracy theorists, the end of the covenant is the conspiracy is probably going to win. And so the best thing that we can do is just be as free in our minds, be as woke as possible so that we're not living like sheeple. So that's it. I think it is possible. I think it's unavoidable. Again, some conspiracy theories are unavoidable. Unless you're an insane person, you understand that there probably are evil people plotting to do evil things. And so there's no question about that. It's just when does, when does this become an obsession? When does it become basically its own false religion that trumps everything that the Bible says? We know people like that. We've had people visit here who aren't here anymore because I didn't buy into every one of their conspiracy theories. I poked holes in this or that. I dared to I dared to put my hand on one of their priests or something like that, and now they're gone. They're not happy people. So do I know what happened in Las Vegas? No, I, but I do think it's pretty shady. I do think we're being lied to, and uh, and that's okay. That doesn't mean I'm a wacko. But if I jump to conclusions without evidence, now I've headed off into a wrong direction. Amen? And if, if the conclusion that I jump to is that maybe the conspiracy is in charge, and maybe God's really not, well, I've departed completely from the biblical faith at that point. Amen? Let's not go there. How about that? Thank you for listening to Setting the Record Straight. Join us on Facebook at the Reconstructionist Radio Discussion Group. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to listen to all of our podcasts and to download our free audiobooks.